As an entrepreneur, as a company builder, hiring people to work on my app is of paramount importance. And when you're using something weird or that is a collection of things that is different from everyone else, it sort of limits the pool of who you're hiring. You want the pool of people to hire from to be large and to be able to kind of have people go between companies. That's, I think, desirable. And so the goal is that you create something that lots of people can use that has consistency. Hey, this is Brian, and you're listening to Jamstack Radio, a bi-weekly series where we discuss modern web development with maintainers, founders, and developers. Jamstack Radio is brought to you by Heavybit, the leading investor and developer-first startups. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter, at Jamstack Radio. Welcome to another installment of Jamstack Radio. On the line, we got Tom Preston Warner. Hey, Tom, how you doing? Great. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. I was telling you about my jelly bean experience upstairs. Uh, just, just crushed a bag of sour jelly beans uh, from the Jelly Belly factory. I wish I had some jelly beans right now, honestly. Yeah, not too bad. It's a, it's like the, uh, what, Dip and Dos is a snack for the future. But I think like, was it Back to the Future where they had jelly beans and like you had different flavors? Or I'm thinking of a different. I think you're thinking of Harry Potter. Harry Potter, yes. Every flavor jelly beans? Yes. <laughs> vomit flavor? Want some vomit flavor jelly beans? Uh, I'll pass on that. I did go to the Harry Potter world uh, recently, actually. We went up to Universal or down to Universal. And yeah, I've already taken the chance on the Harry Potter jelly beans. Not for me. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about jelly bellies. We're here to talk about Redwood. Uh, but before we jump in, do you want to give like a quick intro of who you are and what do you do and how do you got here? Uh, well, my journey starts with wanting to be a physicist, realizing that's too much math, and then just pivoting to computers, because I'd always done that as a kid, uh, as well as kind of electronics and things, technology in general. But then got into some startups, uh, that, that brought me to San Francisco, founded GitHub, did that for a number of years, that was awesome, now doing some different things, and one of those things is Redwood.js, a web application framework I've been hacking on for the last three years, I guess now with a group of people and just trying to bring something new into the React and JavaScript TypeScript space around web applications and kind of missing Ruby on Rails in some ways, but wanting to write JavaScript these days. And so combining those things as, as well as investing in some of the companies that now are using Redwood. So as we keep track of companies that are building with Redwood, so companies that use Redwood, uh, startups and how much money they've raised. So we've exceeded something around 65 or $70 million raised oh, wow. by companies that use Redwood as their framework. So it's pretty cool to see people using something that you build. I love that. I mean, that's why I build things. So I, I'm, a, I'm a builder. I'm an inventor. I really, in my mind, more than anything, I do lots of things, but more than anything, I see myself as an inventor. I love creating things, going from zero to something. Yeah, and I, I I benefit on things like GitHub and, and Gravatar and other things that you've you've thrown together. Uh, so appreciate your throwing stuff out in the world. You're our third Redwood guest uh, who's been on this podcast. So uh, AJC Web Dev is like friend of the show. Been on here at this point three times, uh, and then we had Amanda, uh, who's part of the core team, also join us um, not too many episodes ago. Uh, sometime last year, I, I probably should have that episode ready to go, but just check the show notes instead. But yeah, so here to talk about Redwood. And I, I honestly, when um, I think when you guys had the the Redwood event last year, there was like a uh, the new landing page, and or maybe I'm conflating last year to the year but prior. But framework for startups is the thing that like 
got in my head, which is Redwood out of the box does a lot of like what I, I'm a Ruby on Rails person. That's like what I learned first. And to be able to scaffold your project as fast as possible and be successful, like we saw an entire influx of companies 10, 15 years ago use Ruby on Rails. And um, with Redwood, I'm, I'm curious, you mentioned the number of like fundraising. That's an amazing number for, for folks who have built on Redwood, uh, the framework. What are the things that make it easier for folks to pick it up and be successful? Well, we envision it as a bit more like Ruby on Rails, where if you're building with Rails, you expect to have everything out of the box that you need, the basic components, in order to build and test and kind of run your whole life with building a web application. The same is not really true in the world of JavaScript and TypeScript kind of frameworks, right? A lot of people reach for Next.js, for instance. And it's an amazing piece of technology, obviously very successful, but it doesn't really help you with the whole life cycle of building an application. You're sort of on your own as far as data goes. It's like, well, where are you going to get your data from? I don't know. They're totally agnostic. Like, use anything. Like, fetch from some random API, use Prisma, but you're on your own, right? And if you sit down and you try to get Prisma working with your next app, like, you're going to spend a bunch of time figuring that out. And then how do you test that code? Like, how do you integrate that? And how do you mock things out? And how do you like do end-to-end -end testing? Like all of these things you end up building on your own when you reach for something like Next.js, right? You're piecing things together. And coming from a world where things are more integrated, I wanted to bring that same kind of flow and experience to JavaScript and TypeScript. And that's part of where Redwood.js came from. Just that desire that like, hey, we have all these great pieces, all of these open source tools, components that people are stitching together, but everyone's doing it from scratch every single time. And then there's no consistency across projects. So if you work at one place with a Next app and a collection of technology around it, and then you change jobs to go to a different place with a Next app and a different set of technologies around it, getting up to speed on that app takes a lot of time. If you had more reusability or more conventions, more kind of standards across applications, the way that if you go from one Rails app to another, you kind of know how the basic things are done. Of course, people will deviate eventually, especially as they grow and scale. But you know the fundamental things about how a Rails app is going to work. And so you end up being able to slide between jobs a bit more easily. So I, I, I really like that aspect as well. Like as, a, as an entrepreneur, as a company builder, Hiring people to work on my app is of paramount importance. And when you're using something that's weird or that is a collection of things that is different from everyone else, it sort of limits the pool of who you're hiring. And you want the pool of people to hire from to be large and to, to be able to, to kind of have people go between companies. That's, that's I think, desirable. And so, of course, a new technology that's hard to, to make that pitch for. But the, go the goal is that you create something that lots of people can use that has consistency. And that's that's kind of where we come in and say, look, you don't have to build all this integration anymore. We've done the integration. So we've chosen these things that work together, use them, and you'll be able to go really fast building the thing that you care about, your actual valuable thing, not all of the underlying technology that you just have to put together in order to build and test your application. Yeah, and it's like so. My first experience with Redwood was quite a few years ago, actually, shortly after I had Anthony on the podcast. 
And I built as, as fast as possible, like on the live stream, a admin dashboard. So like we have a bunch of repositories for open source that we're tracking for the purpose of encouraging contributions. And we wanted to be able to like highlight different projects. So like this Markham as like featured. Uh, so I, I threw this together pretty quickly. And the beauty of this is like I was I was using Superbase at the time. So to be able to point my Redwood to my my Postgres URL that's hosted on Superbase. Pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Superbase was also my auth provider, so like connecting Redwood to my auth provider, pretty straightforward. And then at the time, Prisma wasn't quite magical with Superbase at the time, so we actually opted for just like manipulating our own SQL queries at the time. Uh, but today, now it's it's magical. So uh, I guess what I'm getting is like to build on top of an existing Redwood project. I can say from firsthand experience, it's pretty it's pretty nice. And like the thing that I that we've centralized on for hiring front-end folks is if you know Next.js and you know Tailwind, like you can pretty much be dangerous day one. Right. But what we all we do fall off, because we aren't using Redwood for our main project today, is that when you touch anything back-end infrastructure, uh, which infrastructure is like a air quotes, it's not really, it's not too deep. Mm-hmm. Um, like we just have an API. Uh, that's where a lot of folks, they feel like they, they have a barrier of entry or a learning curve. We have a framework that we use to build the API, but it's a framework that specific people know, which is Nest.js. Right. But the the beauty of when I learned how to code ten years ago using Ruby on Rails, it's like a lot of that infrastructure, things like Active Record and authentication. It was like a, a quote unquote Rails way. Uh, so I guess the question to you is like, is there a Redwood way? Is that the is that the hope? Certainly. And I think we go further than Rails does. For instance, we help you deploy to all kinds of different deployment providers. So if you want to deploy to AWS or render.com or fly.io or Netlify, Vercel, we have adapters for deploying to all of these different providers that make it really easy to do that. You just kind of Redwood set up, you know, AWS essentially. And then we'll add the stuff to your project that allows you to now deploy to AWS. Or authentication, right? Like Rails isn't really particularly opinionated about authentication. You kind of add that on via plugins. They don't, it's not built into Rails itself, or at least it was not when I was using it. And so we wanted to go further and say, hey, like you're going to use auth probably, right? And so let's make that easy. So we have a bunch of adapters for authentication. Uh, Auth0, Superbase, Clerk, super popular. Like whatever it is that you want to use or you know, build your own with your own database. We have dbauth, which we wrote so that you could host your own authentication in your database you know, like we used to in the olden days. Yeah. So you control everything. You own everything. You don't have to pay anyone anything to do that, right? But you're more responsible for security, obviously, your own security. But you have the option to do it you know, yourself or use a third-party system. And it's just a simple setup command, right? You run one command, you get all the code dumped into your repository necessary to do that, and you go on your way. So we're trying to go even further than Rails does in having a a kind of a Redwood way. But being cognizant that not everyone's going to agree on auth solutions. So where, where people really don't agree are the places that we try to build these sort of adapters. Like no one's going to agree on being like, oh, yes, we'll all just deploy to AWS. Like that's just not a thing right now, right? Or we're all going to use Auth0. Like it's just not an agreement that everyone's going to have. And you know, and things like CSS, right? Like we make it really easy to use things like Tailwind, but we're not going to force you to do that because not everyone's going to agree on 
how you should solve for CSS in building your web application with React. The things that we can agree on, or at least the things that we've said, like, if you don't agree with these things, then probably Redwood isn't for you, right? Like, you're going to use React. You're going to use Prisma. You're going to use a, you know, a real, a, you know, a relational database. And then that's not entirely true. You can use, you know, whatever Prisma can use. And Prisma can use some non-relational databases. But we sort of envisioned it as being primarily like, yeah, I'm building a, you know, a SaaS application of some sort, in which case you're, you know, you're probably using a relational database, but whatever, you're using Prisma and you can use whatever Prisma allows you to use. You're going to use GraphQL to do your fetching from the front end to the back end. Like there are just, you're going to use Jest for testing. Like we've, we've made these decisions. They're going to work great if you just figure out how to use them, read the docs and, and you're going to love it, right? Like you don't have to make those decisions, but we, that's not going to work for for everything. So yes, there's a Redwood way, but there's also enough flexibility that it's going to work for the kinds of things that you do need to make specific decisions on based on your application. So in preparation for this call, I, I read through a blog post you had written about sort of like the, the next stage of Redwood and like the evolution of the framework. There's a couple of new decisions or new options that are going to be unveiled uh, for Redwood pretty soon. So like things like React Server Components is top of mind for a lot of folks. And there's a lot of conversations on whether this changes the like even the Jamstack, how the outlook of the, the Jamstack looks like with the advent of like now we have server-side <laughs> experiences that we can now opt into. So whether they're server-side or serverless side, like so be it. But like now we have that, we have edge runtimes. Uh, like with Deno and, and and Bun and a few others. Mm-hmm. So, like, what are some of the 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 big changes that are upcoming, or actually already even have been updated uh, for Redwood? Yeah, well, so the biggest change that we're contemplating right now, and we've started, is to implement React Server components. It's become pretty obvious that this is the future of React, and we want to be a big player in that arena. Right now, we have essentially just Next.js with their implementation. So there's not a lot of options as far as how you use this. And of course, Next.js is heavily controlled by Vercel. So, you know, we want to be a bit more untethered than that, like un- unfettered to a specific vendor. Like we want to be truly agnostic to vendor, like a true open source project that's not really controlled by a, a st- you know, a, a for-profit company right now. And Redwood is that, you know, totally open source, MIT license. You know, not not really associated commercially with anything right now, sort of intentionally. I just I fund it myself because I like I like the purity of open source, and I'd like to make some money with Redwood someday. But it's not the primary concern right now. The primary concern is building something great and building an amazing community around it. So React Server Components and, and being a a truly first class offering in that regard is what we're working on. And this opens up some really interesting things for Redwood. So like I said before, right now, if you're using Redwood, you're using GraphQL to fetch from the front end to the back end using a data fetching pattern that we have called cells where you do your data fetching. And it's really slick. It's probably the best way that you can use GraphQL, the easiest, slickest way to implement it front to back. We make it super easy to implement your GraphQL API and then fetch from it. But it's still overhead. It's still something that not everybody wants to use. And so with React Server Components, we get into a model where we're going to allow you to not have to use GraphQL. You'll be able to reach directly into your database. So you'll probably still use Prisma, though you wouldn't have to. You could just fetch from a, you know, an API the same way that you do with Next. It becomes more agnostic in that component. And I think we, we see that in, the, in this sort of modern web development world that people do want to reach more 
directly for things sometimes into their CMSs or other spaces without having to go through a, a sort of an intermediary thing to get there. Um, and so we're going to adapt our cell pattern. And in a cell, you're sort of declaratively saying, like, here's some kind of a query. And right now in Redwood, you specify your GraphQL query, and that executes client-side in the browser to fetch from your GraphQL API backend. But with cells in a React server component world, a cell can run server-side, and it can reach directly for Prisma. So you might have your query, instead of being just a GraphQL query you know, specified, exported, you'll have a function that you export that is essentially your data fetching. And it says, all right, like give me my database, which is my Prisma object, and then let me run a query on it, uh, a Prisma query on it, and, and get my data back. And instead of that going over the wire, that's now going to execute server-side. And so you have all of the all of the benefits of being able to do that and execute server-side, right, which avoids a back and forth from your client to your server and conceptually becomes simpler to think about. And then there's no GraphQL. And of course, with GraphQL, you're having to define your SDL. And like, there's just more machinery. Like, you get some really great things when you have GraphQL. Like, hey, you can consume this API from literally anywhere super easily. But the burden of creating a good performant and secure GraphQL API is non-zero, let's say. And we want to make that friction go away. So at least when you start with Redwood, you can start very easily. And this is this is one of the challenges with current Redwood is you have to be kind of pretty serious about what you're doing because you're, there's going to be some extra overhead initially. That's going to make your life much easier in the long run. But it's hard for people to get started. So we really want to open up the top of the funnel to everyone who's like, I'm going to hack on something on the weekend. What am I going to reach for? Right now, people reach for Next.js primarily. Yeah, We want them to also be reaching for Redwood, right? So reduce the friction to get started. We're, we like started upmarket, right? We built this really sophisticated product with long-term maintainability and like large-scale application development in mind. And Next started sort of down market. Like, hey, here's like, just hack this thing out. Like, who cares? Whatever. Right, like here's your data fetching. It's a function in your same component. Like, there's no overhead, zero overhead. Right, so they started down market and are going up market. We started up market. We're going like going down market. So that's why we're. That's one of the reasons that I really love React Server Components is because it's a beautiful model for incorporating this easier paradigm of sort of a transparent API. And then, you know, we'll add, of course, the ability to do to you know to submit form data and do mutations and stuff. Mutations, not in the GraphQL sense, but just like changing something on your server. Yeah, and and make it really easy. So that's that's one of the big things. And in order to do that, we're changing to Vite. So V6 version six of Redwood was just released recently, and that includes a change to using Vite as the bundler by default. So much faster build times, much faster locally to run, just more performant overall using Vite instead of Webpack, which is what we're using before. Uh, you can still use Webpack. Actually, you can opt to use it still. We'll deprecate Webpack. I mean, Webpack is deprecated, so to speak. Uh, but we'll remove it fully eventually once we get kind of most people migrated off of it. So that's another thing that we've had to change in order to to get to where we're going. And you know, it's all the challenge in implementing React Server components because they're so early, and there's not a lot of super deep documentation. So we're having to talk directly to the React team to figure things out and just hack on Vite and submit pull requests to to Vite to get certain things working. But we're hoping that it pushes the whole ecosystem of React Server components forward and that we see more options for people there. Because having that kind of lock-in when you want to use React Server components is not, I think, a good thing for the ecosystem overall. But we want to be there to help define how all of this works.
Yeah, it's still extremely early, and I think with the the sort of change of guard at the the React team over at Meta, we're seeing a, a very interesting evolution when it comes to the, like the React ecosystem as a whole. I'm personally excited about it because like I, I I basically did all the learning. I know how to use React, know how to use the frameworks, know how to use all the tools that he had mentioned. Uh, but now to be able to opt into the next thing, it's just a little bit of somebody needs to blaze the trail. And happy that folks like Redwood are are doing this for us so that we can have a nice little on-ramp into cutting-edge technology. Uh, I did want to actually talk through some other things you had mentioned before, well, before I hit record, around Redwood Real-Time and Redwood Studio as well. So uh, can you explain the, the real-time feature? Yeah, so we're bringing some real-time features to Redwood, specifically around GraphQL. So this is maybe not going to be as relevant if in the future when you're using React Server components and, and you're not using GraphQL. But for the a bunch of the users that we have today, adding real-time capabilities is really important. So this is around real-time GraphQL. So subscriptions and what, what they're calling live queries in GraphQL. So subscriptions are the, the official GraphQL solution for sort of pulling down real-time information. So this is almost in. It's kind of in, but it's not. It, it's I think it's actually in v six. Okay. Uh, released, but we need to do some patches around it because something ended up breaking it. I think. Anyway, very soon you'll have real time GraphQL capabilities. So that's and it's going to be as easy as just saying like I want this query to be real time, and it'll keep the connection open, and you'll get your real time data transferred down. There's two different ways. Like I said, the, the subscriptions is one way, and the live queries is another way. They're, they're similar, but slightly different. So it, you'll choose one or the other depending on your specific use case. But that's that's coming very soon. Very cool, yeah. Subscriptions is something that I, I played around with a lot. Um, I actually joined GitHub because of my GraphQL work is how they sort of noticed me at first. And I spent a lot of time with the ecosystem team working with the GraphQL things to help build more examples and how to leverage like marketplace integrations. Mm-hmm. A bunch of boring stuff. And subscriptions was a thing that we just, it was like a non-starter. GitHub's investment in GraphQL is kind of pretty pretty waned a lot, um, so that's their story to share. But <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to. I was pushing pretty hard on like being able to leverage things like subscriptions. Not hard enough because I sort of moved on to other things like actions. Uh, but it's something I just haven't played a lot a lot with, and uh, that is that's exciting. I I think like my take on Redwood and like probably what I ended up using Redwood for um, is we're, we'll be hiring somebody really soon, a new engineer. And so far, successfully, we've had a interview project, something small enough. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, like the top couple folks will just be contracted to build the thing. We need an admin dashboard, so because we have all the pieces to be able to build that admin dashboard, uh, having it easily scaffolded with Redwood is like probably where my head is out for for hiring the next person. So uh, I'll keep you informed on the, on that experience and and how it goes. Uh, we just talked about. The next engineer and how we hire and what skill set we need. So I think this would actually give us a good framework to see skills and uh, pick the the best person for the job. Yeah, the other thing I wanted to ask about is the Redwood Studio before we we wind down. Uh, you'd mentioned that in passing. Yeah, so Studio is something that we've been developing for a while. It's not generally available yet, but the Studio is going to be an application that you can spin up alongside your Redwood application. And it's going to leverage the open telemetry work that we've been doing in the framework that will report sort of metrics like telemetry about your application to just to yourself for consumption by some kind of data observability platform that can consume open telemetry. But 
while you're developing, you'll be able to direct it at Redwood Studio and see things like every request that you make, how long it took to execute. You can dig into that and see where the time in that request is taking. And specifically, one of the most interesting things, what are the database queries that are being issued? So if you're using Prisma, then you'll be able to see the SQL statements that were executed and exactly how long they took. You can introspect all the GraphQL statements that are being made, what fields are being requested, like how, you know, how that all kind of turned out in reality and, and what data was being sent across the wire in these sort of various layers. So it's just an incredible introspection tool for using at development time. It's kind of like a new relic that you're using locally, but then you'll also be able to hook this up during production to get that same kind of data directly out of the framework without any additional work. And it's just a it's just a really nice way to to work with your application. Cool, yeah. And see what's going on, right? Like just show me these, you know, instead of spending trying to dig into your net, the network tab of your browser and you really only see one side of it, you can see like how GraphQL is working like one place to see both, you know, every request that comes in as well as everything on the back end. So that's one thing that Studio does. It also integrates the GraphQL playground in a better way and makes sure that you can use authentication there, which has been challenging before. So like if you have an authenticated GraphQL API, getting a playground to work well with that is can be quite challenging. So integrates the authentication that your app is using uh, to make that work really well with the, the playground. And then we're adding other things, like we're working on a mailer right now, kind of a, an official mailer solution. Yeah, And then the studio will host a, an SMTP server where you can direct your mailer from your application to send it, send your actual real emails so that you know that they're working, right? This is not mocked out. Like it's actually receiving the emails that your app is sending via this mailer code that we're writing. And this is like not using a, this is all local, not using a SendGrid or anything else behind the hood. Yep. So this would be local, yeah. So as you're developing local, like you want to be really careful not to send real emails while you're in development or staging. So during development, you'll be able to send those emails, configure it so it's sending it to the studio application, and then it has a you know an incoming list of emails, and you can see them and exactly what was generated. So really trying to solve where do you see what's going on with your app and and what what areas do you need that might be a sync for things like sending notifications, like emails and other things. So that's all of that will go into the studio product. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, before I move over to the picks, I did want to ask a question of folks who are maybe intrigued uh, about what they've heard about Redwood. Where can they sort of get their questions answered or get started? Yeah. Well, best place to start is go to the website, redwoodjs.com. And then in the header, you can find links to our community. We have both a discourse forum where we really try to, you know, that's like questions and answers. It's a really great resource. Tons of stuff has been discussed there. So you can search for things and maybe find your answer in that forum. Uh, And then there's a a real-time chat. We use Discord. So we have a Discord community as well. So those are the two best areas. We're on Twitter, of course, or X or whatever it's called these days. And um, you can find us there. We did they call it 10. 10? We call it 10 now? Jeez, I'm, I can't even, I don't even know. So what, whatever, you can find us on there and ask us questions. You can find me at Mojambo on that site. <laughs> and ask me directly. I'm happy to, to answer you. But we're, yeah, we, we have a really active community and on GitHub, of course, if you have, uh, want to you know, submit an issue 
or a pull request. We have a great active open source community. We're really trying to engage people and be responsive to open source. You know, we have hundreds and hundreds of people that have contributed to Redwood and we really love that. We really love seeing new community members. Everyone that's on the core team came in through active development and really helping out with Redwood. So like everyone there is a is a believer by by coming in and helping out. Yeah, that's so cool. I'm a big fan of open source, and uh, it's nice to see the the team grow and evolve based on contributions made. So, folks, check out redwoodjs.com and uh, check out Redwood for your next project. So, now I want to transition to jam picks. These are things that we're jamming on. Could be music, could be food related, uh, technology, all of the above. Everything's on the table, uh, and I've got a couple picks. Uh, if you don't mind me going first, uh, my first pick is. A lot of my picks have been around AI and like testing OpenAI stuff and writing blog posts on it. Uh, we have figured out like for open source what our AI tool set is, uh, which we have called Repo Query. So like we started with a Chrome extension, which is open source slash AI. So do a bunch of like Copilot X type features, generate PR descriptions and tests. I, I don't want to say it's like trivial to implement, but it was like pretty. Like we have a, two interns who implemented that stuff, so pretty straightforward stuff. Uh, and then the broader vision is this thing called Repo Query, which you can index a repo. So like we built a CLI unrelated to be able to bake repos and get insights into those projects. But the next step, the evolution of that is you could use AI to ask questions based on the repos that you have got insights from, and general questions of like how to get started, how to make contributions. Uh, what's the test pattern or the test suite? How do you write a test, et cetera? And the ultimate goal is to, I've got a broader vision that I've been sharing with some some trusted folks around being able to identify contributors who are up and coming in a project to reach out to. Because a lot of times folks, you might look at like a, a project on Redwood and you might say, oh yeah, let me reach out to David. Well, David's got a lot of folks reaching out to him. Who else do I reach out to besides David? And uh, we'll be able to answer those questions is the goal. Um, so just getting started, just got to deploy to Azure literally today and, uh, looking forward by that time, this, uh, podcast is out, it'll probably be embedded into our products. So this is like the underlying infrastructure for some cool features we have, we have planned, but my other pick is going to be the jelly belly factory, which <laughs> it's something that I, I think when I first moved to the Bay area, my wife had befriended, uh, someone in the local neighborhood and they told us about this. Uh, and she's been taking the kids there like probably every other summer. It's like, uh, let's just take a day to drive up the 45 minutes or the hour up to Fairfold. And it's kind of like the Willy Wonka experience where you walk through, you get to sample jelly beans and see how jelly beans are made. And then obviously you go into the the gift shop and you get to pick the jelly beans that you can take home. Uh, So I've been feasting on jelly beans for the past couple of days because... Uh, now that my kids are older and they can read, <laughs> they're they're picking out all the weird flavors. Um, and then my, my wife got a bottle of rosé jelly beans as well, which is, we haven't opened that up yet, but I'm sure they taste disgusting. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Rosé jelly beans. Yeah, they, they have a lot of interesting flavors. I thought growing up, the weird flavor was like buttered popcorn, but <laughs> we had talked about Harry Potter flavors, which they've gone completely off the... Uh, <laughs> off the wayside of like what you should put into a jelly bean flavor. <laughs> uh, so they've got all that, but then they have some pretty cool, like interesting and new flavors that they're testing out. So if you're in the Bay Area, highly recommend take the drive up, even if you don't have kids, like drive up to the Jelly Belly factory, make a day of it. It's better than sipping wine, eating jelly beans. 
Well, the next brunch that I host, I'm going to be serving rosé jelly beans. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Tom, you have any picks for us? Yeah, well, I might do a little self-promotion. So my pick is going to be the upcoming Redwood JS conference, our first in-person real conference that we're hosting for Redwood JS. It's going to be all about React and the future of React. Yes. And the various components that we use uh, at Redwood. So we have workshops from Prisma and Apollo GraphQL, as well as Fixie AI, which is going to they're going to do a a workshop around how to use LLMs using their AI.JSX uh, software that they've created to make it easy to integrate LLMs into your application using React components that represent the LLM technology. So if you're into AI and LLMs, you'll really like that one. Nice. Um, and then two days of talks. And we're going to have amazing talks about design, security, entrepreneurship, like it'll be kind of everything in and around developing a web application. And of course, all related to Redwood, but not, you know, exclusively Redwood. Redwood is kind of the reason that we're there, but really it's about building a web application today and what makes that work and how do you do it well? And who do you want to know when you're doing that? So really I'm excited to bring together an amazing group of people. This is going to be September 26th through 29th in Oregon, United States. We will also be live streamed, so you can go to the website and pick up a live stream ticket as well. Uh, and that's uh, go to the website redwoodjsconf.com, and you will find all the details there. Perfect. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to. Uh, actually, I'll be there in person, and uh, looking forward to hanging out with folks who are building on Redwood and um, hearing some stories and all their interests uh, out into production live supporting real customers and, and live products too as well, which is honestly the value of like getting in the same room to talk to other folks, talk shop about how they approach problems. Pretty much every time I get a chance to talk to other developers, I'm asking them, hey, how'd you fix this thing? Or I saw this other thing. So the, the value of being in person, chatting with folks, definitely do that. But also, if uh, you listen to this after the fact, watch it on the, the website after the fact. Yeah. Uh, all the cool videos. Exactly. Could, do I get one more? Oh yeah, go. Go for it. You want to hear about this one. So not only are we building a framework, Redwood JS, building something with the framework. So this is this is a, a friend and I, Rob uh, Cameron, who I've known since forever, and he's on the he's helped build Redwood JS. He's on the Redwood JS core team. So we wanted to go and build an application with Redwood JS. And I've always wanted something that was kind of like a cross between Twitter and kind of a more normal forum. We used to have a thing at GitHub, the team app, you know, that, you know, back in the day, it was kind of a simple internal app where people could share things. And I've been wanting that experience and like the best parts of Twitter to me are where people share what they're building. So we've been building something that we call Spoke. And it's at the URL spoke.run, S-P-O-K-E dot R-U-N, go to spoke.run. And you today can sign up to get an account and what we do at Spoke.run is we talk about projects. So you can create projects kind of the same way on GitHub that you can create repos. The URL structure is very similar. But it can be a project about anything. So for instance, I just started working on a trebuchet to launch pumpkins because I always uh, host a big uh, Halloween event up in the countryside, uh, Northern California. And then afterwards, we have like dozens, just does like endless numbers of pumpkins. And like, what are you going to do with pumpkins, right? You know, you launch them. 
So I have to build a trebuchet. This is this has become a necessity. And so I'm going to talk about building the pumpkin trebuchet on Spoke. And you can follow along. So you can follow me on Spoke and get updates on building this trebuchet, as well as I'm working on an electronics project. I'm like rebuilding an old espresso machine. I'm building out a hand tool woodworking workshop. I'll be chronicling that on there as well. So it's kind of like sharing what you're building and building communities around those things. Um, and it could be, it could be for, you know, like a web app that you're building. It could be, it could be all kinds of stuff, right? So we just, we're just starting with this. Uh, you could be one of the first on this platform if you're hearing this and uh, come join us and show us what you're building. Excellent. I just signed up. And uh, I'm also looking at this Trebuchet um, simulator. It is a Trebuchet is... simulator. It's, it's, it's quite nice, actually. It's well done. Yeah, so if you're, if you're interested in seeing this thing live and uh, I guess 2D, uh, you can see, <laughs> uh, you, you could put in your parameters and see the distance of how far your pumpkin will will fly. Yeah, you gotta. You can specify your your you know your arm and how much weight there is and how long your sling you know rope is and and everything. It's amazing. It's a cool tool. I don't know how accurate it is. We'll find out. <laughs> Excellent. Well, this is exciting. I've got some stuff to play with. Uh, the rest of the day, I'm going to be uh, slinging pumpkins on my uh, <laughs> in my Chrome browser. There you go. But thanks for coming through and uh, chatting about Redwood, getting us caught up, and uh, folks, keep spreading the jam. That's all we have time for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. This show is brought to you by Heavybit, the leading investor and developer for startups. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. 